Father, we just thank you for this time that you blessed us with and thank you, Father, for every opportunity that you give us to come together. Thank you, Lord, for this last meeting of this month, the first month of this year. Lord, we just want to thank you for your faithfulness that you're a God who has always come through. And Lord, even as we now meditate upon your word, speak to our hearts, wash us by the water of your word, even as we heard, Lord, this, this, uh, in your, in our worship, Lord, Lord, we trust you. We trust that you will cleanse us, that you, we trust that you will speak to us. Father, let this not be just another meeting, but Lord, let it truly, truly be a solemn assembly where your saints will hear your voice. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. Your servants are listening. Therefore, pray, Lord, that you would anoint us, the speaking and the hearing of this word, and bring forth deliverance in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So, polar vortex is creating havoc all around the world, and also here, I can see, everybody's cold, but hopefully the coldness outside has not creeped inside. Uh, Priyanka was uh, reading from Psalms 95, and I just couldn't help but complete the psalm. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker, for he's our God and we are the sheep of his pastures. But today, if you have heard his voice, <laughs> do not harden your hearts. Let coldness not creep in. Um, let's, uh, yeah, I've titled today's message, not to be provocative, but just to give it a title. Half plus half is not equal to one. Okay. Uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles, okay? Let's, let's see what it means today. Half plus half is not one. It's provocative, I know, but let's try to understand what, what it means. We've been looking at foundations, and one of the foundations that we were looking at uh, very carefully, uh, with a lot of intensity, if you will, is the foundation of repentance, because that is the key for our growth in the Lord, in the kingdom. That's one thing that we can never, ever take off from our lives. That is one equation. One thing, one thing. Change is constant. Okay? Christian life, change is constant. Yeah? It's no pun intended, but it's true. So I just want to look at uh, a particular passage in, in Acts, and then I'm going to go to the meat of the message. Let's see this pa- passage in Acts chapter 10 where we talk about repentance being a gift. Yeah, we heard that on Sunday, repentance being a gift. And how do we therefore ensure that we exercise this gift in our lives? Yeah, because every gift has to be exercised. If you are a gifted, talented musician, whatever your talent may be, one of the things that you need to do is to ensure that the talent is oiled and you practice it and use it over and over again. And one of the gifts that we often neglect in Christendom is exercising the gift of repentance. So let's look at Acts chapter 10 verse 44 and 44 onwards. While Peter was still saying these uh, things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. This is uh, at Cornelius's house where Peter is invited. You know the story, the, the background of it. Cornelius is invited. I mean, uh, Peter is invited to Cornelius' place to, uh, he has a vision, etc. And then he goes there and he's stunned and he says, truly, there is no favoritism with God. God does not accept any man's face. He doesn't show any partiality. And then he's 
begins to preach the gospel there. And even as they are hearing the gospel, what happens? The Holy Spirit falls on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come to Peter, Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. Look at, notice that. The gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even among the Gentiles. And then it goes on to say, Acts chapter 3 and verse 46 onwards, and for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling uh, God, and Peter declared, can anybody prevent them from being baptized? Because they have received the Holy Spirit as we received it. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. And when this story is related, uh, is, is, is related to the, is, is repeated before the Jewish council, the Jewish believers, they are really upset that Peter went to an unbeliever, I mean, to the Gentiles home and they're so, so upset. So Peter speaks some things in his defense. And when they hear Peter speak, this is what they have to say. Uh, and verse Acts chapter 11, verse 17 onwards. For then God gave them the same gift. This is talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? To them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I to ho- that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads life. You see that? So repentance was a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift, but how does it manifest itself? Not primarily in the speaking of tongues, but in the change of heart and a change of mind. And one of the things that they realize is that they realize that the gift of the Holy of repentance is being given to the Gentiles. So this is what I want to look at. So if that is a gift, if uh, if uh, we if we being evil fathers give good gifts to our children, how much more the father will give the Holy Spirit? And if he has given the Holy Spirit, one of the primary things that will happen to us, we will constantly keep changing. We will constantly keep repeat, repenting. Repentance or change is constant, as I said. So the question I would need to ask is, what are the last words of Jesus to the church? I mean, it's not the Great Commission. It's not going into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, etc. And behold, I'm uh, I'm with you even to the ends of the world. That is not the last words. And if it is not even the last words that uh, go and wait in Jerusalem until you receive the power, etc. And you shall be my witnesses. That is not, not, not the last, last words to the church. The question I was asking myself is what are the last words of Jesus to the church? And it is clearly spoken through the Apostle John in Revelation chapter 2 and look at what it says to all five churches. What is the last exhortation if you will to every church except two. Out of the five, seven churches, five churches receive one exhortation and what is this? Revelation chapter 2 to the church at Ephesus. Remember therefore from where you have fallen and repent. Last words. And do the works that you did at the first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. You see that? That's true. Church at Ephesus. The other church is, is, is given a, is, I mean, God doesn't have to say anything bad about them and then Pergamum. Therefore, repent. 2.16 of Revelation. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. Boy. <laughs> Hard, tough words from Jesus to the church. 
This is not the Lamb of God. This is, he is literally roaring uh, like the Lion of Judah to the church. And Revelation chapter 2 again, uh, to, to the church at Thyatira, verse 22. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into, the, into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works. What about Sardis? Revelation chapter 3, verse 3. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. The church at Laodicea. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. So what is the last words to the church? Repent and overcome. These two. Repent and overcome. Repent and overcome. Change your mind, overcome. Change your mind, over, uh, fight your enemies. So this is the gift that God has given us and the last words to the church and to all of us, even as Jesus is writing the last episode when before the canon is closed to the churches is to asking us to repent. So we need to take it very carefully. Why? Why? If you don't exercise this gift and over a period of time, this might happen to us. This is a solemn warning in Hebrews chapter 6. Very, very tough warning. People scared, get scared to read the book of Hebrews. Because they believe in cat theology. You know what cat theology is, right? What is cat theology? Cat theology means this. You know, have you seen a cat when it gives birth to young ones? If it has to take care of the young ones, the young ones don't have to do anything. What does the cat do? It carries them from one place to the other. That's what people think, according to cat theology. I have to, I don't have to do anything. Once I have been accepted as Jesus' child, God will do the sanctification process. God will do the holiness process. Nothing, nothing of my own. Other people believe in monkey theology. What is monkey theology? Monkey theology means you've seen monkeys giving birth to young ones. You know what? The young one has to cling to the mother monkey. The mother monkey will keep jumping from one place to the other. If he doesn't cling to the mother monkey, it will fall. So other people will say, you, you have to be the person who is always holding on and working out your salvation. God says it's a partnership. That is what we call as kangaroo theology. You know, kangaroo theology, how it brings forth its young ones. It puts its young ones in its pouch. And the young ones have to cling both. It has to put the young ones into its pouch. And the young ones have to cling. It's a partnership. Cat theology, monkey theology and kangaroo theology. Hmm. Which pair are we? <laughs> we are in, we all, in, in our church we believe in kangaroo theology. Okay. That brother is in Australia. He knows very well. <laughs> he was in Australia. Okay. He saw kangaroos, right? Well, I was thinking about it this in the morning. I said, boy, Dr. Richard, he was in Australia. Okay. So for, this, this, look at this. That's what it says. Why, why is this important? Why this repentance is such an important message to the church? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 4 will say, for it is, hmm, very, very powerful, no? It is, Impossible ante? Not possible. Possible not. Possible prime. Possible complement. Etc. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift, have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of age to come if they fall away. And we looked at uh, the first series of verses that pastor read on Sunday was what? Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Because that day there's a falling away which is coming. And that word falling away, the root word is divorce. People will divorce God and go away. If they fall away to renew them back again to what? 
repentance. Since they crucify again for themselves the son of God and put him to an open shame. So it is one of the most important aspects of our life. Lord, do I exercise the gift of repentance? How do I know? It's a question. One of the things that we need to acknowledge before we apply this gift in our lives and exercise this gift in our lives is this. This is what I wrote. (coughs) All of us have the ability, if not constantly warned and taught, to turn away from God and follow worthless things. Think about it, no? How much of your time was productive today? Now, in spite of so much of word given to you, I mean, my wife tells me, Vijay, I think out of the 10 hours that you work at at your office, I think only 4 hours are productive. Sometimes I have to acknowledge it. It's a fact. It's too easy for me to get distracted, distracted. You know, the hymn writer will say, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. I'm prone in my heart. We all have that inclination to go free. Break break free. So therefore, what is repentance? I wrote this definition for myself. This is my definition. This is my understanding of what reference is. Repentance definition. A continuous state of being teachable. You know, of being a student of God all my life. See, a pastor was talking to the pastors the on one of my men's uh, breakfast, pastor's breakfast meet. And he was telling all the pastors, if we pastors are not good students of the word of God, we will not be good teachers. And you know, this word student is not the one who comes and takes notes in the class and vomits during the examination. No. It's an apprentice. It's a difference between a student and an apprentice. An apprentice is the one who learns, practices, goes to the lab and practices. He's an apprentice, you see. So we need to have this ability to be teachable. That is what repentance is. A, the content, a, a continuous state of being teachable. So question is, are you teachable? Hmm, it's a question. So this is it. Samuel, one guy, he defined his life. The moment he heard the voice of God for the first time, you know what he said? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. That's his motto. And once that was his motto, constantly he could be spoken to and constantly he could change and none of his words fell to the ground. And the word of God became, the word of Samuel became the word of God. And Samuel started hearing and ultimately it says in Second Chronicles or First Chronicles, it says Samuel became a seer. From a hearer to the to a seer. So, one of the things, therefore, God does constantly is to use the danda. Spare the rod, spoil the monkey. That's his motto. So, that's, why does he reprove us? He reproves us so that we may repent. That's what Revelation chapter 3 verse 19 will say to the church at Laodicea. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and what? Repent. The whole purpose of chastising you is to ensure that you repent, ensure that you change. You got that everybody. So Hebrews chapter 12, again, in one of the verses, in chapter 12, verse 5 onwards, and you have forgotten the exhortation, okay, which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges. Oh my God, have you seen scourging, Matlab? Beth. 
వీపు మీద విమానం మోత దట్ మీన్స్ వన్స్ ద షాట్ కమ్స్ ఆన్ టు యువర్ బ్యాక్ ద మార్క్ ఇస్ దేర్ ఇట్స్ నాట్ గోన్ గో సో యూ విల్ రిమెంబర్ ఫర్ యువర్ లైఫ్ దిస్ ఇస్ లాడ్ ఆఫ్ థింగ్స్ డొక్క చీల్చి డోలు కడతా ఎట్సెట్రా ఇట్స్ ఆల్ స్ట్రాంగ్ లాంగ్వేజ్ టు transfer a point dokka chilche dolu katna means i'll skin you and then make it into a uh, a percussion instrument with full of tension <laughs> okay see the translation messes up the whole thing right the pun <laughs> all right from so for whom the lord loves he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives and then he goes on to say if you endure chastening god deals with you as with sons for what son is he my father does not chasten thank god he chastens but if you are without chastening of which all of us have become partakers if you are not being chastening then you are what illegitimate and not you know what the word in i was telling the the bible study yesterday the word the word in telugu for illegitimate is durbijamu you know what durbijam means bijam means seed durbijam means corruptible seed you are of a corruptible seed It's a powerful word in Telugu. Illegitimate of a corruptible seed. But however we be born again, we have been born again by what seed? By the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And if you have been born again of God, one of the things that God will do is chasten you. I remember some time back, Pasit mentioning this in one of his messages. He says, the, fa- the, 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 the sign that you are a man after God's own heart is a fact that you know is, is the one sign is that you're constantly being humbled okay you're constantly being humbled oh i'm not boasting about this i mean it's 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 it could be ironic but i have to say this no uh, i mean sometime back i was invited to i was getting invited to several places like last time you know um uh there was one brother who was there in one of these places where i was invited to speak and i spoke and i you know i had to talk to they talked to me etc and then they told the brother who who suggested my name he said you know we have never seen a humble brother like that in my entire life and i said you know what they didn't think about my preaching as much but think about how i represented christ of course to become like that god had to deal with so many things in my life i was telling the youth meeting no whom the lord loves he will chasten okay humility illegitimate of a corruptible seed so the question therefore is can i be spoken to you know if you if you are in a in a family there's one guy who's not listening from childhood మదర్ అండ్ ఫాదర్ సారీ చెప్పిన మాట వినరా చెప్పిన మాట వినరా ఒబే ఒబే ఆఫ్టర్ పీరియడ్ ఆఫ్ టైమ్ దట్ ఫోలో విల్ నాట్ లిసన్ యూ నో వాట్ మదర్ అండ్ ఫాదర్ విల్ స్టాప్ స్పీకింగ్ టు హెమ్ యూ నో దట్ రైట్ యూ నో దట్ రైట్ విల్ స్టాప్ స్పీకింగ్ వాడికి ఎంత చెప్పినా అర్థం కాదు ఏం ఉపయోగం లేదు ఇంకా అర్థమే యూ డోంట్ వాంట్ వేస్ట్ ఎనర్జీ ఐ నో వాట్ ఈస్ గోన్ డూ you know in every relationship it's like that no in every relationship it be a marriage relationship what kind of a relationship there'll be a point in life you know your spouse will know this fellow is not going to change over that's it so it's not she's not going to bring that out again so you can you, you cannot be spoken to no that's what happened to is one guy who could never be spoken to 
He did what he pleased. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 26, verses 34. When Esau was 40 years old, he took as wives Judith. Judith means the one who's of who's a Jew. But what is she? A Hittite. And Basmat. By the way, the word Basmati comes from Basmat, okay? No, I'm not kidding. The Arabic word Basmati comes from Basmat, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. Because she was a foodie, no? And they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebecca. They were a grief of mind. I mean, these fellows never could be spoken to. In Genesis chapter 28, when, you know, when, uh, when, uh, when, uh, Jacob is asked to leave and go to his uncle's house and find a wife from there, Esau hears it, you know what he says? And verse 28, uh, 8 onwards of 28, Genesis chapter 28. Also Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan did not, Canaan did not please his father Isaac. So what did he do? He did something worse. <laughs> so Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahalat, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebuchadnezzar, to be his wife in addition to the wives he had taken. So never be spoken to. Never be spoken to. There will be a point in life God, God could never speak to Saul. Never Could never be spoken to. God could never speak to Herod. <coughs> if you remember, keeps on asking questions. He doesn't speak. If you shut down the voice of repentance in your life, the voice which causes or rather uh, encourages you to and exhorts you to repent, if you shut down that voice, God will stop speaking to you. And that may that never be the case in our lives, that God stops speaking to us. Just imagine. Just imagine, no? Think about it. Can you imagine if your husband and wife don't speak for years, they don't speak? How cold! So, we have to repent. But how did this happen? The key, I believe, to all of it is found in Revelation chapter 2. One church, and I believe this is a key for every other form. Okay, Look at what it says in Revelation chapter 2. And this is about uh, the church at Ephesus. Look at what he says, how he exhorts them to repent. Revelation chapter 2 verse 2. I know your works, your labor, your patience, etc. You have persevered and have patience and I have labored for my name's sake, and I have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, or one thing against you, that you have left your first love. You know, in, uh, in Telugu, it's called Toli Prema. And we made a movie also. Power Star. Toli Prema. It became a, became a cult hit, industrial hit, industry hit during those days. And Jesus says, you lost your Tali Prema. And then it goes on. Remember therefore from where you have what? Can you imagine fall means what? Losing your first love is equal to fall. Not committing adultery or watching pornography or doing anything, everything other, any other thing. That is a fallout of losing your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. What is that? Repent and do the first work or else I will come to you and quickly, quickly, I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. You see that? Repent. Repent that you have fallen from your first love. But how do you do it? How do I know? How do I gauge that I have fallen from my first love? How do I know it? What are the parameters that I have to see that I have fallen from the first love that I had for God? Repent of your lovelessness. How do I do it? 
How do I gauge that I have fallen? And you'll see this in the book of Jeremiah chapter 2. Look at how beautifully, okay, beautifully, beautifully, this is KJV, poetic best. Jeremiah chapter 2. Look at, I'm going to read a few verses to see the heart of God through Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 1 onwards. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem. Saying, thus says the Lord, I remember you, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest me after, uh, wentest after me in the wilderness, in a land that was not sown. When you fell in love with me, you didn't ask me what is your salary. You became Umar Khayyam. You know Umar Khayyam? Umar Khayyam is a Persian mathematician, okay? He is uh, reputed for making this fantastic statement in Persian, which was translated into English. My dad used to quote all the time to me. Okay. A loaf of bread and a jug of wine. Not a glass, a jug. Okay. A loaf of bread and a jug of wine and thee is paradise in the wilderness. That is Omar Khayyam. And your presence. Persians are very romantic people, by the way. And they're mathematicians too. So who said mathematicians can't be romantic? Because everybody thinks mathematicians, they have a stereotype. No, 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 no. No, okay. There's a parallel track running all the time. It's called love track. Okay. You saw the beautiful mind. You know what I'm talking about. So this was, this guy was... You know what God was telling? I saw those people. I'm talking about this people who did not rebel like the 600,000 men who came out of the wilderness. There was a bunch of guys, including Joshua and Caleb, in that group, and also Moses, who loved God. They didn't complain. They didn't complain. Lord, your presence is enough. He said, I love Israel was holiness to the Lord. Set apart. You are mine. You see that? That's romance. You know, holiness means it's not, uh, holiness means holy, holy, holy. People have a very wrong uh, uh, idea of holiness. Holiness means what? I'm yours. You know, you're my girl. You're my girl. Look, look at the kind of, kind of language that he uses. And the first fruits of his increase and all that devour him or eat of him shall offend. Evil shall come up, come upon them, said the Lord. In other words, you touch my girl. Touch my girl. You know, once you have a girlfriend, you will find find courage where you never saw in you. I remember those days. One timid fellow, bunch of guys over there. Touch my girl. Hmm? That's exactly what God is saying. You touch my girl. You touch my girl. You touch me. See. Jesus is romantic, Baba. You know, one man of God was talking about this. You know, it's beautiful. Uh, I had to hang my head in shame, of course. Uh, He was telling me how he got engaged to his wife. Alright, uh, apparently he was, uh, he said, God, I only, I don't want to see the face of that person. I only want to know if she loves the Lord. So one proposal came and he told his parents, you go and see this girl. The parents went, saw the girl and, uh, they said, 
He found the girl. She's very nice. You want to go and see her? She's, he said, no, no, I trust you. Once you have okayed her, I will only see her on the day of engagement. So the day of engagement comes in the evening and he's now for the first time wants to see his girl. Okay. So he's right there in the beginning, in, in the front of the, in the front chair and it's Pradhanam. It's called Pradhanam, right? Or, uh, Nishchitardam in, in Telugu. Okay. The Pradhanam time has come in the evening. That man was sitting there waiting for his bride to come and it's, it was evening. She opens the curtain and just comes out. The power goes. He says, Lord, why is this tension, Baba? And then he said, after the, she, he doesn't even see her during the engagement. He doesn't even have a look at her. And it's all, the lights are dim. They, they put some candles over there. The engagement is over. And after the engagement is over, he asked the father of the bride, I want to talk to your daughter alone. Can I have a chat with her? They said, okay, fine. They arranged a candlelight in the, in the, in the terrace and they put two chairs and for the first time he saw his wife's face in the candlelight and he said, Lord, you're so romantic. I said, boy, I hung my head in shame. I said, chee, 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 I mean, something like that, no? <laughs> you see that? You see, this is God. He's romantic. You see, we have a tremendously warped image of God. And that is the reason why when somebody says repent, or what is this repent? Should I lead this holy life? Holy life means, you know what, you're my girl. Have you ever been loved like that? That is holiness. And then what happens? Neither did they say what happened to them, but they said, where is the Lord? If they forgot completely. Where is the Lord that brought us out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through the land of drought, and through the land of shadow of death, through a land that, has, that no man has passed through, uh, passed through, and where no man dwelt? And what happened? And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when they entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. You forgot me completely, and something else started attracting your beauty, uh, your 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 attention. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 8. And the, the priest said not, where is the Lord? And they that handled the law did not know me. The pastors also transgressed against me and the prophets prophets, prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not what? Prophet. Walking after things that do not profit. And then he's going to, he's going to, he's going to categorize this and he's going to tell you what it means not to follow God and follow something else. As I said, all of us have the ability, if not constantly want and taught to follow after what things? Worthless things. You remember that statement? Look at what it says in verses 6 and uh, 7. Four, 4 and 5, sorry. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what iniquities? I know, this is a constant. Yeah, why, have I lost my attraction? No, every, every time, sometimes the, the girls in the home, the wives will say, why are, 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 why are you not attracted to me anymore? What did I do? You see, this is, this is how the, God is talking to him. Have you forgotten me? What did you find in me? What iniquity have you found in me? What wrong have you found in me? What did I do? That they are gone far from me and have walked after what? Vanity and have become what? Vain. Pastor was talking about vain glory. If you follow vain glory, what will you become? You will become vain. You will become exactly like the gods you worship. Psalm 115. You become exactly like the gods you worship. 
And then goes on to say, he tries to give more adjectives and poetic language to what is, what is following after vanity. Look at what he says. He had, had a nation changed their gods, which are not gods? Have you seen that fellow in your office who comes, puts the, the, the idol of Saraswati every day in the morning and says, Pranam. To Saraswati or to, to, to Ganesh or to anybody. But have you seen Christians? Do they put a Bible? Do they pray before they start their work? Have the the nation changed their gods, which are no gods? But my people changed their glory, exchanged their glory for that which does not profit. That is the reason why it says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They exchanged the glory of the creator and exchanged it to created things. They followed and worshipped the creation rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. That is the reason why sin is what? All have sinned and what? Fallen short of the glory of God. Because you have exchanged the glory that comes from God. And you have exchanged it to the glory that comes from man. And Then he gives it an even more interesting way of uh, explaining it. Look at what he says. For my people have committed how many evils? Two evils. First evil, they have forsaken me. The fountains of living water. But they did not stop there. See, if you have forsaken the fountains of living water, you can be a person who will not worship God. No, no, no. They will not do that. What did they do? They hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. See, this is how they changed the glory of God and followed after vain things. They lost their first love. That is what is meaning of losing your first love. Why does idolatry? And according to John Wesley, anything that colds your love and devotion to God is idolatry. John Wesley. So let us look at examples in the Bible where a man started with tremendous passion for God. Slowly started following vain things. Answer? Brilliant. A for the day for all of you. Look at what it says. I'm going to look at how this guy starts, okay? Just look at the way he starts his life. It's found in Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. 2 times 12 equals 24. Okay, very simple, okay? <laughs> so this is Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 24 and 25. Look at what it says. Then David comforted Bathsheba his wife, and went into, went into her and lay with her. She bore a son and his, and David, he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him. The Lord loved him. David called him Solomon. God said, oh, hey, 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 that fellow is not Solomon, Baba. I'm going to send my name to him. He sent Nathan the prophet. So he called his name Jedediah because of the Lord. You know what Jedediah means? Yadadiyah means the Lord, the whom, whom Yehovah loves, the beloved of Yahweh. The beloved of Yahweh. Man who is loved by God. And Solomon reciprocates in kind. He also loves God. The first time he has a dream. Can you imagine if you have a dream? Brahma Deda, Brahma If the Brahma will come and ask you anything, what will you ask? Yahweh, the true God, comes and asks you, what will you ask? Think about it now. What will you ask? 
I asked the children, when I was doing the Bible study in GTLC, I was saying, what will you ask if God comes and asks you? Sarah said, uh, chocolate. Another girl said, color pencil. I looked at that. That's exactly how believers are. Wife. Job. Canada. Canada. What do you want to be there? Taxi driver. You go to Canada, you'll find taxi drivers and truck drivers. That's what you'll find. Sorry, all the... This is what I saw, most of them. Okay. Okay. This is... This is what you'll ask. But look at what he asks. First Kings chapter 3 verse 9. Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people. That I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Wow. Beautiful, no? You know what the Lord responds? He's so happy. The speech pleased the Lord. That Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing, and I'm not asked long life for yourself, not asked riches for yourself, nor have asked life for your, for your, of your enemies, but you have asked for yourselves, and, uh, of yourself understanding to discern justice. What I'm gonna do? Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and an understanding heart. Boy, look out, you wanna look at the wisdom of Solomon? IQ tests will not be there. There are no standardized IQ tests for Solomon. Okay, behold, I have done according to your words. In, say some, some people say if you have, if IQ scale over, over 10, the most brilliant man who ever lived after Solomon was, uh, Leonardo da, da Vinci, if I'm right. Okay? And he had an IQ of 9.2 out of 10. And Solomon had 9.8 out of 10. This is brilliance. I have given you a wise and an understanding heart so that there has been, has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked. What? Riches, honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all the days of your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, everything else. Love me, everything else I will add. He loved him. God loved him. Solomon loved God. They had a beautiful relationship. And then he wakes up from his sleep. And he thinks it's a dream. Then comes the test. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 23 and 28. 23 to 28. You know the story, right? Two prostitutes. One of the children dies. And they have an argument. Look at what it says. And the king said, the one says, this is my son who lives. And your son is a dead one. The other says, no, but your son is a dead one. My son is a living one. Then the king said, king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child into two, half plus half. Because half child plus half child equals one. Is what people thought. Divide the child into two. Give half to the one and the other half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king for she yawned with what? 
love. Because she understood half plus half is not equal to one. Half individual plus half individual is not equal to full individual. No, an individual is a person who is undivided. You love God with all of your heart and not half half. No. Oh my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, let him neither be mine. Let him divide. Let him be half-half. So the king answered, give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is the mother. And all of Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered and they feared the king for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him who administered justice. Solomon understood you can never have a divided heart in love. Either you're luke, you're, you're hot or you're cold. No lukewarm. Either you are wise or you're a fool. No in between. No wise fool. Nothing. No gray areas. One or zero. That is the reason why he says those who compare themselves with themselves are not. If you're not wise, means you're a, you're a fool. Simple. So what happens to this guy? This guy who loved God with all of his heart. This was what happens to him. The object of his love changes. You followed vain things and you have become what? Vain. You followed vanity and you have become what? Vain. The word is hebel in Greek. And you know where it is used the most number of times? Who uses the most number of times that word Hebel? You'll find that used 30 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. Man who has become vain. How it starts? Look at what it says. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. The words of the preacher, the son of David. What does David mean? Beloved of God. He's become a preacher now. He's a, he's become a king. What does he say? Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit has a man from all his neighbor, labor in which he toils under the sun? What is it? You know, in Telugu, it's very interesting. Vyardham, vyardham, samastamu, vyardham. I cannot see Ardham in Vyardham. What a stupid thesis of this greatest man with an IQ of 9.8 out of 10. What happened to this fellow? He lifted his focus of God, started something. And look at how he goes off slowly away from God. Every step is important. Okay, So young people, listen to this carefully. Alright, this is for you. Primarily. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 1 onwards. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with mirth. Mirth means what? Laughter. Navvu. Comedy. First comedy show that I ever saw in India was in Durdarshan, Anando Brahma. And after that, every comedy show has become more and more vile. Okay, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. 
that's what happens, right? When you see the Facebook pictures of all your friends with with uh, Honda Accords and uh, Cam RY, sorry, Toyota Camry and Corollas and Desi cars, actually. Life in Georgia's third mama. What am I driving? Nano. My 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 co-brother has got a hexa. Hexa peta tera giga mega. Mega? Ten power six. Hexa means ten to the power of twelve, I think. And what do I have? Nano. Ten to the power of minus nine. And I told my co-brother, I drove hexa and nano, both. Everything almost the same. A little comfort is there. But it takes you from point A to point B. And nano is better. But I told pastor, Baba, if you fill in gas, that fellow will never go dry. Okay. Keep this. Even if it's off the shelf now. I said my, I said in my heart, come now, let us test you with mirth, laughter and pleasure. But surely this also was vanity. I said of laughter, madness, and of mirth. What does it accomplish? You know, that's exactly what happened to Robin Williams. You know Robin Williams, right? The guy who acted in Mrs. Doubtfire and Flubber and all. He was a guy who made money by making other people laugh. Ultimately, you know what he said? He was going crazy in his mind. And the last statement he made before he committed suicide, I need a reboot of my mind. He meant mad his laughter. Mad with laughter. You know, you want to seek laughter, it will never satisfy you. You've seen comedies have become more and more wild. More and more wild. They have to use profanity. Without profanity, there's no joke. You know what? When you come to Christendom, you enjoy Without profanity. Do you know that? Look at what it says in Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was what? Filled with laughter. This is a song of degrees. And our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. That is the reason why his laughter. That's exactly what happened to Isaac, uh, to, to, to Abraham and, uh, and Sarah. God has done great things in their old age. God gave them Isaac and they laughed. That's the reason why I love that song. Come, let us sing. Let us rejoice. Messiah's come. It would have been enough if he brought joy. It would have been enough if he brought peace. It would have been enough if he brought love. But he has brought what? Laughter to my soul. And how did that laughter come? Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as it streams in the south. That's what we call as a bridge in the song. Those who lead worship know what a bridge is. And then you know what he says? Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing Bringing in the sheaves, sowing in the morning, sowing in the evening, sowing what seeds of tears. You have a heart for God. Do you have a heart of God? God longs for those people who are lost. Do you cry for them? Look at what it says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 21. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. 
25. Blessed are you who laugh now, for you shall. And then again, Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I searched in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine. While guiding my heart with wisdom. This is very significant. Okay. In other words, wine is substance abuse. Okay. Before I go there, I want to show you something else. Okay. Both are connected here. Wine. I searched in my heart how to gratify myself with wine while guiding, while guiding my heart with wisdom and how to lay hold of folly. Meaning, uh, he is, starts with C. Crazy. Mm-hmm. People do crazy things. Especially once they go to, go to United States. They go crazy. It happened to one of my, my relatives, my dad's cousin. I don't want to name her name. My dad is intelligent, he'll possibly find out. Okay. Okay. This lady, of course, she's from Hyderabad, a kind of conservative family. She went to the US. Everything happened. And she jumped off from an aeroplane, skydiving. Skydiving and she shot the entire thing in the, on the video. Skydiving. Parachute coming. Woo, shouting. On YouTube. I looked at her. I said, Baba, she's gone. Crazy. Because whenever you have emptiness in your heart, you want to fill yourself by doing what things? Crazy things. This is a true story. A man called Larry Walters. I was talking to the to the Wednesday Bible study. Larry Walters. You know, this guy was a crazy dude. Crazy dude. He had an idea. An idea can change your life. Okay. He believed in idea, mobile phone. Idea. What is the idea? He was frustrated with his life. Tired. And he said, you know, if you're in US, you want to do all crazy things. So what did he do? He said, I want to fly. How do I want to fly? I want to tie 45 helium balloons to my to my chair. Fasten myself to the chair. I'll have a pallet gun in my hand. Rope is, it's there on YouTube. Okay, you can go and see Larry Walters flying in the air. Okay, just type it like where you'll find it. Okay, and then, and he, 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 he tied it and his girlfriend is there on the radio. He wanted to fly. Let me see how high I will fly. After I fly, I'm going to shoot one, uh, one, aerop- uh, one balloon after the other and slowly I will come down. Okay, that is his idea. We change this life. So this fellow was there. Right on the rooftop, tied up to this uh, chair, 45 helium balloons, and then he snaps the rope which is tying him to the ground, and choom, within few seconds he goes to an altitude of 16,000 feet. <laughs> His girlfriend is on the radio. <laughs> come down now, come down now, he's gone. Come down now, come down now, he's gone. He's gone in the air. Flying, flying, reaches an altitude of 16,000 feet. Now he's scared now. He loses his goggles. He loses, almost he loses his pellet gun. Okay. His goggles are gone. So he says, Baba, I need to somehow land. So he starts shooting his pellet gun. Tap, tap, tap. So three pellet guns, I mean three helium balloons are gone. And slowly he finds himself lowering down to the electric poles over there. Then he say, and then he remembers the Lord. Lord, God, whatever. Huh? God, let me not be roasted. 
what does he do? He interferes with the airspace and two private airplanes actually sight him. He goes into the Los Angeles International Airport and they had to take a chopper to rescue him and they said, we have to find you but we don't know what law you broke. What law you broke, we don't know. After that, after they, then they find him for $4,000 entering into airspace without permission. And then he appealed for it and he got it down to $1,500. And think about the sense. Think about it. He did a crazy thing, okay? Crazy thing. He was 45 years old. He leaves his girlfriend and he commits suicide and he's died and he's gone. He's dead. Gone. Crazy. Man, I go to Wanderla and all. I'm looking all those, all those Torah Torah and, uh, and roller coaster and I'm saying, what is wrong with these guys? Why do you want to subject yourself to such gravity? What is wrong? Crazy. You know why? Because you've forgotten God and you want to fill your lives with crazy things. After you come down, is your marriage okay? Has your marriage been rectified after you came down to the ground? Is your relationship with your family rectified? Have you forgotten? I mean, have all your financial problems been solved? Have your relationship problems been solved? Nothing has been solved. You only forgot your problems for a few minutes doing crazy things and filling up yourself with crazy things. Everything remained the same. Crazy. Crazy people. So, no. It's a very famous... It's called Tikka. It's a very famous dialogue. Solomon knows Tikka's lekka. You know what? He did that research and he jotted down all the results so that you don't have to do. Don't try this at home, you know? You get that in AXN and all these more. Don't try this at home. Don't do it. Don't do stupid things. The point is this. You forget God, you will do crazy, idiotic things, which has no meaning. No meaning. Come to wine now. Wine is what what we call a substance abuse. Like It's like this, no? He became Sherlock Holmes. You know Sherlock Holmes, right? Season 1, season 2. Season 1, he is addicted to tobacco. Season 2, he is addicted to morphine. And the crazy thing about Sherlock Holmes, he is going to do experiments with his body. And he is going to jot down the results of how morphine affects his body. How did this Arthur Kanandal get this stupid ideas? I don't know. I think they're all descendants of Solomon. No kidding. No kidding. No pun intended. But you know what? Arthur Kanandal is a Freemason. Go to most famous Masons online. Check him out. Read all his stories. You will have Masonic symbols. Not in his short stories. Some of his novels. I didn't know then. After I came to University of Pastor James, I came to know all these things. 
So what happened to this guy? I searched my heart to gratify my flesh with wine. So what does what do all what do all drunkards do? Study. No matter how much I drink. That's what every drunkard thinks. But you know what Solomon, he had incredible wisdom, Baba. You know what he's saying? I got drunk, my heart, my mind is still steady. Mind is still steady. You know what? You get drunk, your mind will get fried. No kidding. No kidding. And afterwards, you'll not be alive to document all the results. But you know what God did? He said, Baba, all the drunkards are going to come. Let me give this full of wisdom. He will do all the gymnastics for you and he will document the results. So it's like, how does cyanide taste? The fellow already tasted it and died. You don't have to repeat the process. It is what we call reinventing the wheel. Brains have been fried. Generations have been fried. Their minds have gone. The potential that God has given them. They have given to drunk. Drunkenness. And substance abuse and movies. Addicted to movies. Addicted to pornography. Addicted to masturbation. Addicted. Minds have been fried. They can't think straight. And they think that they are steady. They are not. Yesterday I saw a drunk on the road. When I was going to the Bible study. He also thought that he was very very steady. Because his straight line was always crooked. Always ready. Because he believed in differential equations. It is incrementally straight. Samik. <laughs> he got the joke. Why do you want to do this? Stupid things. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. Do not get drunk on wine. Which leads to reckless indiscretion. I love this translation. This is a Berean study Bible, BSV. Instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit. Now what does it mean? You know what? You think wine satisfies you? Try me, says God. Try me. Try my word. You'll get drunk and you'll be steady for sure. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks at all times for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God and the Father. See that? Boss, you don't have to try this. You know why many people, I think many people get drunk. I'll tell you why. Because they want to forget their problems. You know, they're too stressed at work. You know, this is the stress, stress days. You know, we are all software engineers. Too much of pressure at work. I want to de-stress. I want to forget my problems, brother. There was one man who did that. He wanted to forget his problems. Who am I referring to? Genesis chapter 19. This is Mr. Lot. What has happened? I'll tell you what happened. God says, get out. I'm going to burn this down. Tell your sons-in-law. Sons-in-law laugh. He says, get out. Takes his daughter, takes his wife, goes out of Sodom. Wife can't get, can't let go of Sodom. She turns and she becomes a what? A pillar of salt. 
comes and you know completely destroyed Solomon Solomon is completely destroyed he goes to this cave and he's watching this destruction this is what my mind I think I'm just imagining he's watching this destruction and right at the border of the city he saw his wife that he loved so much becoming a pillar of salt hardened there right there looked at that looked at his dreams looked at his future completely gone fully depressed no hope no future. Daughter says, Dad, we have an idea. It's going to change your life. We can have a future. Our way. Get drunk. When you get drunk, you lose all discretion. Gets drunk. He doesn't know what is happening to him. Not once, but twice. He creates a Moab and an Ammon. Know why? He did not love the Lord with all of his heart. His heart was divided between Sodom and his wife. I'm sorry, his wife and his God. Half plus half is not equal to one. Yeah, there's a very famous song. You know, in in uh, it's called Bevafas songs. Bevafas songs. Mother, you know, the guy who's lost his love. No. Bebafa songs. Full of be- our our movie industry is replete with Bebafa songs. Yeah. There's a very famous song in Telugu. The movie's name is Abhinandana. You know, you know, you know the movie? Abhinandana. Okay. The guy falls in love with this girl. She gets married, she gets married to somebody else. And what happens to him? He gets drunk. And then he sings a song. Prema Yanta Madharam. Priyuralu Anta Katinam. You know what Kshira Sagara Madhanam means, right? The Rakshasas and the and the Devatas got together. They wanted to get Amrutha, Amrutham and they wanted to have eternal life. And this fellow found, wanted to find eternal life in his girl. Madhuram, Prema. Priyurala is Katina, very hardened. Chesinanu Prema Kshira Sagara Madhanam Ninginanu Hala Hala. Why? I'll tell you why. You know why? Because my object of my prema is my prayer alu. And she's cutting up. She's hardened like a salt. Pillar of salt. It's hard. She doesn't love God. Heart is hard. Her heart is divided between two lovers. How can she love you? There's only one God who can love all of us. He can have many, many virgins. <laughs> The other equations are okay. Heart is hardened. Boss, Lot is a man who thought he can fill his life by searching for vain things. Compromise after compromise after compromise with his wife, with his wife, with his wife. And you think about it, you know, he's a compromised guy completely. Madam says, I'm not coming. You love God, love Sodom. Already divided. One. Luke chapter 17. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, that eat, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. 
But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his, and his stuff in the house, what should he do? Run for your life, Baba. You can't have both. Let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Run out. Get out of the world. Remember? Lord's wife. Why? Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. You cannot serve God or you cannot serve mammon. Half plus half is not equal to one. And there's another guy. Great man. He, I mean, this is, you know, this is, this is poverty. So Lot became poor completely, lost all his hope. And there's another guy who became extremely rich. You know, poverty and prosperity, both are tests. What is your property? Uh, one small piece of land in uh, Mehboob Nagar. Close to that old plot somewhere, one small piece of land, that is my property. Example. I don't have. Just giving an example. Creating something. So you, you can ask this man, what is your property, Baba? The whole earth. That's my property. <laughs> what? Yeah, whole earth. That's my property. So what do we do? Can you do anything with I mean, I do, He doesn't know what to do. He's so prosperous. He doesn't know what to do. So what he does? He goes to a small piece of land, makes a vineyard, gets drunk, and becomes naked. Genesis chapter 9. Noah began to be a farmer and he planted a vineyard and he drank the wine and was drunk. I like that. Drank the wine, not full stop, <laughs> and was drunk and became uncovered in his time. You see, very important, no? Both these things, poverty will take your focus away from God because you said, Are how much I lost in this world. Prosperity will take your focus away from God because now it is that which is occupying your heart and not God. That is the reason why Solomon, when he was very wise, through another pen name called Agur. You know what he says? Proverbs chapter 30 verses 7 to 9. Two I request of you. Render request to Nenaku. Deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. Lest I be full and deny you. And say, where is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. That is the reason why we have this Kabir ka. Sai itna dije, jame kutum samaye. Maybe bhuka na rahu, sadhu na bhuka jaye. Give me sufficient. This guy finished this. And what happened to Solomon, no? With all his steady mind, he comes to one conclusion. So we have in thesis, we have introduction. You have chapter 1, literature survey. The PhD students are not here. Okay. And thesis. Conclusion, future works. So what is the conclusion? First of all, rejoice, O young man, in your youth. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. When did he realize that? When he came to the end of his life, when his life is completely destroyed. And he wants to give that worst thing to God now. 
you know when i was growing up i'll tell you, you know I, my, when i was growing up i used to love to play and we used to play, we used to stay in a place called safilguda okay safilguda there's so many gullies okay galli 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 hmm? i used to come back from school at 3:30 in the evening 3:30 in the evening i used to come back from school and i want to play so i used to eat freshen up not even freshen up just one banana in my mouth and i'm gone mama says come back by 5:30 okay 5:30 entomani yushna okay 5:30 come back 5:30 has happened not come back 6 o'clock happened not come back my mother comes out of the home at 5:35 okay she looks for me oh my goodness i'm going to play more so from one gully to another gully i go she comes to this gully doesn't find me another gully doesn't find me another gully doesn't find me finally she finds me okay kottukon theesukostaru intiki she brings me home now you have to study okay you have to what study so first of all go and freshen up now freshen up played like crazy played in school played at home play only no well hours of play then i sit before my books my eyes have gone into the sockets dark circles around my eyes and she looks at me like that in mukham ela undi sir cheekes na maamatti inka lagundi you know i'll i'll translate that for you in telugu in, into english your face is like the like the seed of the of the mango which people are and thrown off neeku chaduve me ekkada butadi where will you study with your shallow hollow eyes takam 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 that's exactly what happened to solomon chikesna maavutenk ayipindi came to all his conclusions by the time he put a full stop in his thesis life over and you know what he says therefore remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh for childhood and youth are what vyartham why if you don't do this remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say i have no pleasure in So what does he do? Conclusion? No. He has to do conclusions. Finally, thesis may conclusion reta. Uske baad future works. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Atlanta muttham enjoy yeshin thravata. He finished his life. It's like, you know, have you seen Ganekaras? What do they do? They take, send the Ganekaras through that machine. Remove that, put it again. Remove that, put it again. Remove that, put all Jews out. that is what has happened to solomon all jews gone for god will fear god and keep his commandments for this is man's all half plus half is not equal to one for god will bring every work into judgment including every secret thing whether good or evil ide edo munde ipunta ipayadu kada Now, why did God do this? You know why? So that we will not waste our life in stupid things. We will not have divided hearts. 
But how do we go back to God? No. It's important. No, I showed you the problem and without the solution. How do I leave you without the solution? Look at what I, I'm going to show you the solution. Hopefully a little... I'm not sure if I'll be able to finish, but let me finish. Let me finish this, okay? I hope you'll be able to finish this. I've entertained you sufficiently for a long period of time, so let us finish this now. Okay. Uh, I've, I've learned it from uh, our screenplay writers. We have one over here. How to keep the audience captivated on the screen. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. What are those first works? One example. God appears to Jacob. Where does he appear to him? Bethel. Are this is the house of God. I've seen God here. Okay, if you've seen God here, where are you going now after that? I've seen God. God, I want wife. I want property. After I come back, 10% guaranteed. Soda Kardia leaves Bethel and goes to Padan Aram. You know what Padan Aram means? In Aramaic, the open field. You know what open field means? Tilling the ground to fill your belly. And what happens to him? 20 years wasted on two girls and two of their servants. God appears to him in dream and says, Go back to the place where I appeared you to you at first. Where? At Bethel. That is where we find in Genesis chapter 34. God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there to God who appeared you when you appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household and, all, and to all who are with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. So then let us arise and go up to Bethel. And then what did they do? They did everything where? At? How did he reach there? He came to Shechem. What did God ask him to do? Go to Bethel. Where did he come to? Came to Shechem. What is Shechem? Shechem is a place between Bethel I'm sorry, it's not, it's very far from Bethel, it's right, right now in the middle. Padanaram, Bethel, Shechem, in the middle. What did he do there? He built an altar. After he built an altar, he bought a land. Where did God ask him to go? Bethel. <coughs> he built an altar there. And then he said, he named the altar, the God Almighty, the God of Israel. He built a land, I mean, purchased a piece of land, everybody got settled over there, and Madam Dina, we call her SKL BDP. My parents know very well. Sokula Badai Pinde. She wanted to show off. So she went, got messed up, and God said, where did I come ask you to go? To Bethel. Don't make halfway covenants with me. Half plus half is not equal to one. No halfway covenants. You know what halfway covenant is, right? Remember those days when the, the founding fathers reached the United States? Everybody had to be a member of the church and to be, had to be a born again believer to vote. So all the people who voted were people who were born again and members of a church. And then what happened? The next generation came. Next generation, obviously, if the parents are born again, doesn't mean that the children are born again, right? But then, if you are not born again and if you are not a member of the church, uh, you can't vote. So the, the church said, okay, fine, we'll do one thing. 
even if you don't have any personal experience with God, will make a halfway covenant with you. So that you can get your rights to vote. Halfway covenant. Padana Ram. Shechem. Shechem and he built an altar there. And then God said, okay, this is verse 35. He came back, he comes back to uh, to, to Bethel, leaves that place. And but how, how does he come back? I'm going to show you this. First thing God says is put away your foreign gods. What does it mean? Acknowledge all your secret idols. All the secret things that you have. Idols in your heart. Put away your foreign gods. All the vain things that you followed. I don't have the time to expound on Maybe next time I'll look at it. Wash yourself. Acknowledge that you're double-minded. Change your clothes. Become humble. And you know what they did? So they gave to Jacob all their foreign gods and their earrings. Did they they ask in their earrings? No. They gave away their earrings and they gave away all the idols which were in their hands. They buried there. And they journeyed and the terror of the Lord God was upon them. First thing, you know, God was saying, very simple, no? First thing, in your heart, if you have any other person or anything else in your heart apart from me, it is going to make you miserable. Repent. Come back to that first love. First love. If you have lost it, ask God to bring it back to you. You know who can do that? Only God can. It says in Romans chapter 5 verse 5, what does God do? He will pour out your Holy Spirit upon you so that you will love Him with all of His heart. With all of your heart. The love of God is shed abroad in your hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Ask God this evening. I'm not, I'm not sure. We'll possibly continue. No, one of the things that we need to constantly repent. Lord, I have a divided heart. Divided, divided, divided. Every day I need to fight that. I want to have singleness in my mind. I want to be one. I want to be one. I don't want to have double mind. My wife is not my savior. My church is not my savior. My school is not my savior. My job is not my savior. None of those relationships are my savior. You are my savior. You satisfy me, nothing else. If you follow everything other than that, it will always disappoint you. You know why? God doesn't see. God says, either you serve me or you serve mammon. You can't put your legs in both. Half plus half is not equal to one. This morning, this evening, even as we are continuing on this journey of repenting, we have to continuously ask ourselves, Lord, are you first in my life? First, 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 first in my life. First. Why do? Why are we going through many, many problems? One of the reasons why God is taking us through many problems is to show us in our own heart our double-mindedness. How we are divided. And we are not singularly devoted to God. So this evening, let's pray. Even as we are here, we'll continue. Maybe in the future about how we get back to God and the story of Jacob. Father, we thank you, Father, for this evening that you blessed us with. So many things, O Lord, we have heard and learned from the life of Solomon, how he got divided. He lost that devotion that he had for you and he was absolutely in love with you. And slowly his heart turned away. And his heart got divided into hundreds and hundreds of fragments. But Lord, even here, Lord, in this congregation, Lord, there's so many people with multiple fragments in their hearts. 
every peace. One peace wanting God, every other peace wanting something else. We are not double-minded, Lord. We are like multiple-minded. There's so many idols. But Lord, make us one. Because we realize, Lord, half plus half is not equal to one. You have a God who said, love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Why? Because here, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And not two. Grant us grace to that end and enable us to repent of our double-mindedness. We thank you, we praise you. Give you glory. In Jesus' name, Amen.